What's going on? This is JLS from the Nick of Time Show. Here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about this Nick's debacle. All right. The Knicks lose to the Indiana Pacers 100 to 109. Mob Deep played like a bunch of shook ones today. Okay. Mob Deep, the bench did not show up. We got clobbered. But the first unit played pretty decently uh julius randall actually had a pretty good game drops 13 points five assists and shot 50 percent from the field andre barrett drops 13 in in the first half i believe right rj barrett does well jalen brunson struggles jalen brunson struggles but still a good season to our sets but all in all the knicks lose this one and RJ Barrett gives you 21 points I'm sorry all the Knicks lose and we're going to talk about it before we talk about it you know what we gotta do I'm gonna introduce you to my guys and first and foremost you already know who this man is it is my man the myth the legend the guy with the stats in the fact Ryan G's in the building tough loss tonight but I'm not really too upset about his preseason so you know let's get to it yeah, it is preseason, but it hmm, it makes me it's like one of those things that make you go hmm games for preseason. But um I'll I'll deep dive into that a little bit later. And of course you already know it's my man, rookie of the year from dead from dead spin, posting and toasting. My man Lee, what's going on? What's going on, Jailus Ryan? If y'all been following me and Ryan and uh, JLS on Twitter, we've been going back and forth on Cam. Yep, I'm bringing the smoke tonight, baby. Yo, bring the it, smoke. It, it's time to have it. It's time for the family to sit down and talk about Cam Reddish. It's, it's, let's have that conversation. I, I can't get. I can't wait to get to that. Um, it's funny, but I'll get to it later. I, I, I don't want to distract from the show. We'll get to that later. But let's talk about. We're gonna talk about Cam Reddish. I'm bringing my boy IQ to the stand. He's on trial today. I'm sorry, IQ, you my man, but you won't you 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 going to trial today. Um <laughs> we're gonna talk about Isaiah Hartenstein. We're gonna talk about this first unit. But before we get into all the bad and the negative, let me just concentrate on the good right now. And we're going to transition into all the things that went wrong and what concerns me moving forward from today. All right. And the good today. For the third preseason game in a row is Julius Randle. Julius Randle came to play. I've had questions. Everybody else has questions. Can Julius Randle play off the ball? And today he did just that. Because usually what happens with Julius Randle is he'll hit shots. But sometimes he shoots when he's supposed to pass and pass when he's supposed to shoot. And it looks like he doesn't know how to basketball all the time, you know. But today, I really like the way Randle eased into the flow of the offense. Of the offense, he took his time. He shot when he was open. He drove. 
drew double teams, got other players easy shots. And then once he starts to get into the flow of the game, he started hitting that little fadeaway mid-range midi. And he actually played pretty decent defense on the night as well. Randall, he, he's doing well for me, man. He, he's doing well so far, and hopefully he can keep this up. What do you think about Randall's play, Ryan? Um, Yeah, Randall's play was definitely positive tonight. Um, As you said, like, especially early in the game, in the first quarter, he was definitely playing off ball. When he got the ball, he created double teams and created open shots for others. Also, at the same time, when he did take the opportunities to go one-on-one to create his own shot, like you said, he was more into the rhythm of the game. And even those one-on-one shots that he hit, those were good shots. I wouldn't be mad at Julius Randle at taking those shots. So overall, Julius Randle is showing that it, at least it seems like so far in preseason that he put last season behind him and he's come to the season with a new mindset. And if he keeps this up, this is the, you know it'll be very positive for the Knicks moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Lee, what do you think about Randall's play so far? Do you think he can actually keep this up? Do you believe it? Because I know for you in particular, you can't wait to send Randall on the first thing smoking. So what is your thoughts on Randall's performance today? You know, I think that fans collectively, the expectation for Randall is not to return to the form he had two years ago. I think that most people who watch the NBA at large recognize that was an aberration. The shooting splits were historical for in terms of a turnaround from previous season to the next. But I think what we're seeing right now is an efficient Randall and a locked-in Randall, which really, if that ends up being averaging 17, 18 a game, not only am I perfectly fine with that, I'm advocating for that. More yeah. so than being the lead score and dominating an ISO like we've been used to for the last couple of seasons. The man shot 50% from the field, 50% from three, and brought the all-around game that he's had since his days in New Orleans with eight boards, five assists, only two turnovers. Yeah. Two turnovers in three games, pretty solid. He didn't seem to be forcing the issue, didn't seem to be worried about being second, third, in the pecking order. He's not trying to get his points or outscore RJ like we've seen last season. He seemed very calm and poised, and most of all, He's playing within the system. No complaints. Yeah, no complaints from me. He he just seemed really settled. It's, it makes a world of difference when there's a set pecking order on who's controlling the ball for Randall. And I knew, you know, people said that in theory that this might be the way it turns out. But theories are just theories. You have to actually see it happen in real life. And what we saw today is, it's looked like it's trending in that direction. I'm really curious to see if this trend um, keeps up once we get into the regular season. Um, once we start to, you know, get down and the first unit is coming from behind, I want to see how he acts then under pressure. You know, I want to see if, if he still starts to play within himself, if he still remains even tempered like he has in preseason. I want to see what happens when the season starts, if these habits transcend into the regular season. But so far, so good. Julius Randle is playing very well. Efficient, low turnover, decent defense. This is what you can, this is what we want from Randle. This is exactly what we want from Julius Randle. I, I can't complain. And this leads me to RJ Barrett, though. 
The bully Barrett, man. Barrett. Barrett, man. He's taking a step. He's making me proud, man. He's making me proud. And he didn't shoot well from three today. One five, 20%. But seven of 14 from the field goal line. Gunshots from Barrett. The bad man was bullying today. And what I really liked is the efficiency going to the hole. He made some tough big man. I'll take your lunch and eat it in front of you finishes today, right? Like he, he was bodying people, getting and ones, flexing on, on dudes. He was taking the rookie math during the school. RJ did his thing. RJ's did his thing. What, Lee, what do you think about RJ's game? Yeah, I, I think without even being spoken, at least uh, to the media or to the fans, it, it's present in the way that R.J. Barrett is playing the confidence is sky high, and he sees himself as the first option of his team. He's playing that way. The way that he's dominating yeah. on the ball, the way that he's initiating the offense, he's not waiting or deferring when he catches the rock as a second or, th or third man, the rotation during uh, a play. I love the way he's attacking the basket. I, my, I watched the game with my dad today, and I was commenting that this is – probably the most efficient around the rim I've seen him in these first three pieces of games. He's taking contact and barreling through two or three defenders and still either finishing or getting a foul, which is, you know, that's what you want from RJ. It's been one of the points of emphasis is him to be a better finisher around mm -hmm. the rim. And he's finally doing that. And, you know, I, I think he's putting the work in the off season, not just to, to strengthen himself, and to, but also to be more confident. And the confidence is really showing. And he seems to have the backing of his teammates. The body language from, from Julius Randle is also exactly what we want to see. He's like, get in there, big dog, right? Yeah. He's supporting it and moving the ball to make sure he's fine, RJ, in, in the offense. Uh, so, yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing, man. It's a nice one-two punch for Randle and, and uh, RJ. Man, the only thing I do not I do not like, I didn't like about RJ's game today was the defense. I felt like the defense was a little bit lacking today between him, a little bit from Fournier as well. But everything else, um. I like from it in general, the, the Pacers just kept getting to the hole way too much for my liking between Darte and Maturin. It just seems like we could not solve that. We just kept getting picked off that high pick and roll was killing us. And we kept leaving Mitch in really vulnerable positions to clean up our mess. And it was, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. We had to clean that up, even though at the end of the day, you know, the first unit played well defensively at the end of the day. They, they kind of cleaned it up, but it was concerning how much they was getting to the hole. But still, good game from RJ. What, what do you say about RJ's Barrett's game today, Ryan? I mean, there isn't really much more I can say about the Badman RJ Barrett because, yeah, he struggled from three. You know, he struggled from mid-range as well. But I like the fact that he did go to the hole strong and finish at the rim. Which, you know, which you can see in his stats, he finished 7 of 14 from the field. So he was highly efficient today. Um, also, like the fact that, you know, not only was he trying to score, but he was also trying to get other teammates involved as well. On yeah. the fast break when he um, threw the lob up to Obi to Obi. kind of electrify the team a bit. And also when um, he drove to the basket and he did a spin move and he found 40 open for three. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think he could have finished it at the rim, but at the same time, it's like I trust Fournier open to knock down the shot. So yeah. I, I can't fault RJ, RJ too much for that. But yeah, overall, I think he had a good game tonight. You know, defense, you know, but then again, you know, I don't think the Knicks defense as a whole was that great tonight. So 
you know, no. it wasn't just it was so it wasn't just RJ, you know, it was more it was more of a team thing. But overall, you know, RJ, you know, he's he played well tonight and he's showing that he has taken a step in trying to improve his efficiency. So, you know, I'm good RJ tonight. Yeah, the defense was interesting and Jalen Brunson today was interesting to me. Because all right, I everybody was kind of celebrating that we smacked the Detroit Pistons, right? And I'm I'm happy that we smacked them, but I also recognized after looking at that game, the Knicks were pretty much picking on a low-level defender in Bogdanovich all night long. And I kind of wondered, I said this in the pre, in the first preseason game, right? And I don't know if you guys remember. He did good this game, but I want to see if our lack of spacing plus his propensity to get into the hole, if Jalen Brunson can keep up that high efficiency once he gets in the paint. And these last two paces games, you know, he's getting to the hole, he's running into Miles Turner, and he's running into these longer defenders. And I feel like he's having a little bit of issue scoring in the paint efficiently against the Pacers because, you know, those guys are a little bit stronger defenders. Um, But at the same time, though, he's still point guarding so well. I still feel like we're getting good shots everywhere else. So, like, even though he's not super efficient these last two games, he's still running the team well, and it still kind of makes us better because even... When I look at the the shots we were getting all night from the first unit, because not not the second unit, because they 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 play like doo doo, but the, from the first unit, everything was in the flow of the offense. They were all correct shots, and I felt like the shot chart was cool. And I was I was even concerned because I'm thinking, wow, paces are really packing the paint here. We're gonna have to start to shoot some threes. Randall started hitting threes. RJ was doing his thing, and somehow we still ended up doing pretty well with him struggling. Um, I don't know, but how do you guys feel about Brunson so far? Do you feel like, are you worried about his efficiency, efficiency dropping? Do you think it doesn't matter? Like, what do you guys think of what I just said? I'm not worried about the efficiency dropping. I think he had no issue in Dallas last season, no matter what team was playing him and getting his own points. Uh, he was playing within a system at the secondary score and secondary ball handler after Luka Doncic, but he was usually facing the second or third best defender. And sometimes when Luka set the best defender on the opposing team, and he carved him up, whether it's regular season or the postseason. I think he's still acclimating himself to this Knicks roster. Playing with, He's so used to playing with the same poor guys of Dallas for the last four or five years. He's a brand new set of faces brand new set of game and a lot less spacing than what he had in Dallas. So I think that's one of the reasons why you've seen Bibbs stick with Fournier in that starting unit to give as much spacing as possible. And you're probably going to see Hartenstein eventually get some minutes in with that starting unit as well to provide some more spacing for Brunson getting to the paint. But I think he, the IQ is showing in all the ways that you wanted to. He's getting guys involved. He takes smart shots. He's fearless going to the hoop. Those things aren't going to change. I think right. the efficiency will go up as he becomes more familiar with the players he's playing alongside. Brian? Yeah. Um, with Brunson, 
Like, I understand he has struggled the last couple of games, but, you know, like you said, he does keep the offense flowing. And even if you look at the stats tonight, you know, if you look at the Knicks starting lineup, everybody in the starting lineup had positive plus minus on the court, you know, while the bench had all negative plus minus, which we're going to get to the bench later. So it's like, even though Jalen Brunson was struggling, it was like the offense was still flowing. And it, and I mean, even with Jalen Brunson, like, okay, if, if Jalen Brunson's not scoring, at least he got RJ Barrett, at least he got Julius Randle, yeah. Randall, you know, 48 shots as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. he, does have other players on the court that can help the offense flow. So it's like even if Jalen Brunson is struggling, all I would all I would need from him is play that point guard position and make sure that other guys are getting shots where they can, you know, shots in their um in their comfort zone where they can succeed. Because either way, either way you cut it, whether Jalen Brunson's efficient or not. As long as he does that, the Knicks' offense is still going to flow because Knicks have other guys on in that starting lineup that can score, and that's what showed today. Even though Jalen Brunson was struggling, do I do I have a concern with him when he's going against longer teams? Yeah, the Pacers have a lot of players that have length, especially their bigs, and he did and he did struggle a bit when he went into the paint, you know. And the Pacers were cutting off the lanes into the paint as well, so he did struggle from that standpoint. But I just need Jalen Brunson to run the point which is what he's been doing in all three games this season. And it's been positive results. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's why Tom Thibodeau, um, he kind of inserted Isaiah Hartenstein in what that third or fourth quarter and started experimenting with having Hartenstein in there with quickly with the starting unit. And I, that's when things started to open up a little bit. So um, like Lee said, I think inserting Isaiah in certain instances is, is going to help this team in, um, open up a little bit. And we saw we saw a little bit of that here. Like we saw a little bit of that Kylo Quinn old school backdoor pass with Miles McBride kind of playing that Doug McDermott role. And we, we saw that a few times. And I think that's going to help us a ton in spaces when it comes to Isaiah Hartenstein. So um oh no no the first unit was pretty solid first unit was pretty solid evan fournier hit some shots he um he had his he you already know of evan fournier man he has that one crazy defensive lats per game but but all in all the first unit even with their struggles defensively they kind of still found a way to make things work <laughs> excuse me we just got to get mob deep on track we just got to get that second unit on track on track because we didn't have Derrick Rose today and we didn't have Quentin Grimes today. But for us to really solidify that next step as a team, we need Emmanuel Quickly, Miles McBride, OB Toppin, Cam Reddish, Isaiah Hardenstein. We need those guys to step up because those guys supposedly are supposed to be here for the long run. So I'm definitely going to talk about the second unit playing like shit ones today because I didn't like it at all. Especially especially my guy quickly and that's my guy. But man. Bruh. He was woof. It was a rough one. Call him off, man. He, he might be your guy, but he ain't played good tonight. He gotta call him out. <laughs> man. Oh, it was rough. It, it was definitely rough. But yo, salute to the chat. We gonna get into it. If you wanna call, 
You already know what it is. You got to dial the number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. If you want to call up and talk Knicks with us, first caller up is my man, Jason M. What's going on, Jason? What's going on? What's going on? The rough one tonight, but um, I just... I, I didn't call in for the last game because I actually missed the last game. Okay. But I just think Nick's teams are crazy how OB has one good game and everyone goes nuts. And Randall has a good game and no one says anything. <laughs> like, the hate is like, real, like, man. OB has two good games, essentially. Like, I, I, I like OB a lot. But, like, these are the things. Remember I said that if the Knicks are going to move on from Randall, they need to see more from OB. Right. That's what I'm going to say. He, did not, he, he was bad tonight. A lot of people will say... Oh, he wasn't that bad. He, he, the Knicks, the, the back of the bench unit, they weren't creating offense. And he never even tried to attack. No, you're right. You're right. And to be honest with you, I kind of blame, I kind of blame IQ. I'm not even going to lie. I feel like IQ threw off the whole second unit. That, mm. But I digress. Keep going. <laughs> no, he did. IQ was terrible. It was probably one of the worst teams I've ever seen him play. But what does that have to do with Obi attacking his man when he has the ball? Like, he always looks to pass, like, which is fine when the offense is running. But when it's not running, sometimes you're athletic. You're 6'9". Drive! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to watch the game again because I, I didn't really see Obi get all the ball all that much, to be honest with you. But maybe when he did get it, he passed. Yeah. Uh, but um, Every it, time he was on the ball, he was looking to do a handoff. Like, mm. you know? I, feel Look, you. I mean, that was the first time to throw that out there. I didn't call it last time. Got and you. I know everyone's like, everyone was like, hey, Randall, now. <laughs> and like, you need to see more from Obi before they're going to trade Randall. That's all I, was, I said that a couple weeks ago. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. Nah, you can't get too high. You can't get too low, man. You got to look for consistency. That's really what it is. You got to look for consistency. Yeah. Obi does it one game quick, like, and he do it two and three, even four games. If you have a bad game, are you going to have consistent bad games? You got to see consistency. Yeah, and like I think I disagree. I think Brunson was pretty bad today. I'm not worried about it because mm-hmm. I think he'll be fine. I, I just think he had a bad game. Like I don't know what happened. He just he looks off his game pretty much the whole night. Yeah, he, and he's I missing think shots he has and turnovers. And oh my, I mean, to you, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, and then, like, for instance, in the first half, I felt like he was deferring a lot. Like, he, I don't think he was running the offense a lot. A lot, he was just giving the ball to Randall and RJ, and sometimes Fournier. And I think he, and that's part of the reason why it looks so sloppy. Even though the front, the starting unit was playing well, it still looked sloppy. Like, it never looked real coherent until maybe the, the third quarter. Then it started, like, okay. And I don't even know if it was the third quarter, but maybe the end of the second quarter, but... I know it looked real sloppy, and I think a lot of that was that Brunson just wasn't playing that good. I don't think it's going to be a problem, because I just think he has to realize, like, this is preseason. If this is regular season, then I would be worried about it. I just think he has to realize he has to bring it every night, because he don't got Luka Doncic no more. <laughs> you know, like, he can't, like, say, all right, so today I'm going to take it easy. Like, he has to bring it every night for the, for the Knicks to play well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it that way. I feel like he, I feel like they started off the game like they usually do. They went straight to bunch. First play of the game, he went straight to the hole. And he was surrounded by three Pacers. You know, <laughs> and then I felt like he, he just met. I felt like he was just met at the rim by Miles Turner a lot today, or 
And I feel like he had a few open layups um, once he got to the hole, but even the open ones he started to miss, those little mid-range floaters and and things of that nature. And I think he would just... I think the defense bothered him so much that when he was open, he he kind of rushed it. That's just me personally. No, you're right. I think P.J. McConnell bothers him a lot, and that's a problem. I like P.J. McConnell's a good defender, but he's going to be guarded by guys better than P.J. McConnell. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. And... If Miles Turner's coming over, then he's got to find Mitch. Yep. Because that means Mitch is open. So, I mean, look, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. I don't think, I just, you know, it's preseason. If it was regular season, I think, I don't think, I think he would have been more focused. I don't know. I, I feel like he would have played, I feel like the Knicks in general just didn't, like the Pacers played way harder than the Knicks tonight. I mean, that's what happens on back-to-back nights, back-to-back games. Like, it's, it's very hard to beat the same team twice in a row. That's yeah. that's just the way it is. But yo, salute salute to you, Jason, man. I'm gonna talk to these guys right. about what you just mentioned. Thanks for calling, man. Yep, yep. Do it. All right, salute. All right. Shout out to my guy Jason M. Ryan, what do you think about what Jason just said? Um, he did hit on a lot of good points. Um I don't know. I, I wouldn't say Brunson I wouldn't say Brunson didn't play without effort tonight, like you know, he was trying to, like, make it seem like Brunson was just, like, kind of, like, taking it easy. Nah. Because the preseason, but I didn't see that from Brunson tonight. I felt like Brunson played up to up to the level he's supposed to play at. It's just that he just struggled tonight. Yeah. You know, that's that, you know that's how I saw it. But, you know, Jason hit on a lot of good points, you know, and Jason knows what he's talking about. You know, usually, you know, hits the, the nail on the head. So, yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. I don't think Brunson's effort is to be questioned. I don't I don't think he I think he brought it tonight, he just struggled. I agree. I'm not overreacting on on anything except for Cam Reddish is the only thing I, I'm overreacting on. But Over- I, I think <laughs> I mean it, it, I think JL is right. It is hard to beat the same team back to back nights. Um it, it's difficult. The Pacers wanted revenge clearly for getting carved up by the Knicks in, in their second preseason game. But I mean the Thibs also was purposeful in his rotations tonight. Oh, it yeah. wasn't a usual coaching rotations that, that we're used to. Guys played longer together. I mean, I don't think there's a maybe more than one or two substitutions in the fourth quarter. The starters barely played. And I think the majority of the starters played together without too much mitts and matching, a little bit of Hardenstein. But the starters mostly played together and were taken out together by, by hockey style by, by Thibs. So this yeah. was kind of an irregular game. So I'm not judging it in, uh, as if it was a regular season one because this was experimenting, really giving Deuce a lot of minutes because Rose set and really giving uh, Hartenstein a lot of minutes too and giving Mitch some some rest. So Julius did his thing. I, I think he, once he saw how Julius was playing and RJ was playing, though he wasn't too worried about giving them extended minutes in the second half. So it was more of an experimentation, which is what we should want as Knit fans, is Thibs giving some guys a longer leash. Yep. And some of the guys you know worked well on that longer leash. And other guys, straight bums. <laughs> oh, we gonna get to it. Lee's already this is already dropping breadcrumbs. Jail is never going at it on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. But I'm brand. gonna call you out on your hypocrisy, Lee. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm, I'm gonna call you out on your yeah. hypocrisy. All right. I, I think I think I think half the Knicks nation is not gonna like what Lee got to say tonight. <laughs> half the Knicks nation ain't gonna like it <laughs> no, at all, man. Nothing new. <laughs> He said nothing new, another day, another day in her life. All right. Yo, all right. So interestingly enough today, right? 
I talked about how Leon Rose before had that interview with um had that interview with Alan Hahn. And Alan Hahn pretty much said, you know, whatever is happening with the coach is Tom Thibodeau's choice. You know, it's it's all Tom Thibodeau's choice on who to play, who not to play. And in my mind, when I saw that, it was like a I said this before, it's kind of like when your girlfriend goes is with you and you have to go out with the guys and she says, have fun. Does she really mean have fun? No. Yeah, 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 you can do what you want. But if you do what you want, when you get back, I'm kicking you out. And that's what I feel like is happening with the Knicks. I feel like Leon Rose is saying, Tom Thibodeau, yeah, you can do what you want. You can, you can play who you want. But listen, at the end of the day, we have invested interest in Cam Reddish. We have invested interest in these guys who we drafted and Deuce McBride and these guys. So I want you to work these guys into the rotation somehow or at least get a bigger look at them. And I feel like that's kind of what's been happening the last few days. And I think that's why Derrick Rose actually sat today. Because, you know, everybody knows what Derrick Rose has. And I know people were like, you know, Derrick Rose sat. Now you can see more IQ and you can also see, you can also see many quickly, but you know, not having Derrick Rose and not having Grimes also brings up, also lets us see a lot more cam today. And it was evident to me that they're trying things out with cam and Isaiah Hartenstein in particular, the way that fourth quarter went, when it was actually running stuff through Cam, instead of having IQ just take the ball and do what he wants, like he was doing the first few quarters, I feel like they were switching it up just to see how things work. Um, so um, and so far, when it came to Cam, it has not worked. It has not worked. Now, my stance, right, to lead the hater. Right. <laughs> My stance for Cam has been this. I do feel like Nick's nation kind of put him on a pedestal and expected him to be a savior. And if you watch me and Ryan talk about Cam when he first got here, I told people to hold their horses. Right. Because he still has to work on his shot selection and he still has to work on that motor on a defensive end. He has to work on that. He doesn't have a perfect game, but he has the most potential on the team because he's an athletic wing, And I've led with that. And people were, you know, kind of on me for saying that. But I'm like, no, that doesn't mean I don't think Cam can't get it together. I still think he can, but he has to work at it. These last few games has not been good for Cam overall. But for me, when you're inserting a guy who's only played 15 games last season into this new system with new guys and stuff, you got to kind of give him time. And me and Lee have been going back and forth with that notion. But so for me, it's not looking good for Cam. He started to put it together defensively, offensively a little bit better today. But overall, he still might need some time to see what he can really bring to this team. Now, Lee, I'm going to let you have the floor and spew your toxic hate to the Knicks fans. What do you think about Cam so far? If this was year two, if he was still on that four-year rookie deal and he was on year two or year three, let's be patient, ride it out. 
but there's a reason the Atlanta Hawks are willing to move on from him. The Atlanta Hawks are not a veteran-laden team. They're a team with like a median age, 25, 26 for their young core, minus Capella. But the, the guys that play a lot are in their mid-20s. There's no reason for them really to move on for him because he didn't match their timeline. They moved on from him because he didn't match their style of play and their system. And Cam, is he's a, a, a team of one. Every game I've watched from last season and this season, the way that he scores when he does, which is rare, is in the flow of his own one-man transition. It's not in, you know, moving to rock around. Find, everything dips breaches. Find easy shots. Find good shots. Move the ball. Give and go. That's, that's not how he plays. He'll find an opportunity where he sees the matchup he has. He knows he has a quicker first step, or he knows that he has more strength and height, and he'll attack that guy into the hoop and do a twist and turn, get bumped three, four times, and usually, more often than not, not make it. I don't like his effort on D. I think this game was better than the first two, but this he's been in the lead long enough to know what he is, and he's not a project anymore. This is this is Cam Reddish. He should be on a team like the Orlando Magic or Sacramento Kings. Well, Sacramento might be too good for him. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that really needs points, needs a little pizzazz, needs like because he does have that. He's got moxie. Like there's something about Cam Reddish that makes you want to watch him. He's an entertaining player, the way that he plays. But it's, it's not the system that, that Tom Thibodeau is running. It doesn't match the type of, of unselfishness this team has. I don't think he's a bad guy. He's not really even a bad player. He's just a bad fit for this team. And I'm okay with moving on from him. There's a reason why that rumor came out today that they weren't going to send him an extension. If they didn't, I mean, I don't think any Nick fans should really cry unless you're a delusional part of his hive. <laughs> And I don't think they should offer him an extension at this point. I still feel like it's a wait and see thing. But my thing is this. You can't make a definitive. You can't make a definitive uh, uh, opinion about a player without seeing him within the system. He only played 15 games last season and then got injured and then play with the first unit. And I'm sorry, the whole first unit's defense, the last game to me, was bad. It wasn't a Cam Reddish thing. It was the a first unit thing. Reddish, Brunson, and Randall, I feel like struggled on their switches. And then at, in that second half, I feel like Cam Reddish was actually playing pretty good defense and was actually covering for Randall in that second half. But I, I feel like the whole defense defensive thing for Cam has been hit and miss in general. And today was also a good example of that. But I still feel like this guy has a chance. He has a chance. Now, now his window is closing. And if Grimes comes, and I've always said, for me, it's Evan and Grimes. And Grimes, is to me, is going to eventually take over Evan's spot. But I would like to see what Cam has. And will he absolutely make do with his opportunities so far? I don't know. We don't. It seems like we just don't have the minutes to do that right. It's gonna. It looks bleak for him. And I was hoping to actually see more from him today, you know. And we got to see a little bit more towards the end, but um, it might be a little bit too, too little, too late because we still have to play Grimes the next game, and I'm pretty sure he's going to play now. But Jay Ellis, like you, you can't blame Thibs. Thibs has given him a long leash. He's blown defensive assignments, and he's not getting pulled. He's, he's taking bad off-balance isolation shots. He's not getting pulled. He's bricking threes. 
he's staying on the court. Dibs has given him so much leniency and leeway, and he's still dropping the bag, both offensively and defensively. He's I, just not. I feel I like the defensive. I feel, team. I feel like defensively is kind of overstated. I don't feel like he's been as bad defensively, um, in general as you're portraying. I, I feel like carved him up, I, he carved him up tonight. Huh? Matherin carved him up every time they were both on the court. Matherin carved IQ up. IQ was guarding Matherin for most of the night. No. Matherin carved IQ up. Dibs was switching all night. They were they both of them had a, a hand but, in guarding him. And, and, and I'll say th- I'll say this: today's defense in the first half from Cam Reddish, I didn't. Li- he was scrambling, but he wasn't in position defensively for the first half for sure. The second half, I did. I feel like he did a lot better. But I digress. I do feel like he has struggled. I know you don't like when he goes to the hole and takes it to the hole. I'm sorry, but I watched RJ Barrett take it to the hole a million times. Everybody praise him from being able to get to the hole. So to me, it's kind of moving the goalposts when you praise RJ Barrett for doing that. And then when you get to Cam Reddish, you go, we can't do that. Especially when it gets there so easily. And he's one of our most athletic win guys in the game. So for me, like you have to keep with that skill i always say i agree with you with the the shot selection i don't like the pull up mid-range shots i don't like it at all i started the season saying cam reddish should keep it simple stupid play defense shoot threes go to the hole eliminate the pull up middies um off the dribble completely because that's not going to what's going to get you in the game only reason I can say you should take that shot if you got the ball with the, the, the clock running down. But other than that, threes and layups. But I have no problem with him going to the hole and making layups and sucking in the defense. I have no problem with that. I just think he needs reps. Now, will he get it? I don't know. I don't know. He need, he might need more time. I'm not sure if he'll have that time because Grimes is here. But uh, he's running out of time for sure. That's what I have to say about that. Okay, well, I guess I should chip in right now, you know, into this whole Jay Ellis versus Leon Camp thing. I'll say this. I'm giving Cam to the end of preseason. First three games, he has shown me nothing for me to say Cam deserves playing time over Grimes or anybody in the Knicks 10-man rotation at the moment. He did show some life in the fourth quarter tonight. You know, but but still, his shot selection sucks. Like, let's let's be real about it. His shot selection does suck. Because even the first shot he hit, that was a contested three. (laughs) Like, he had no business taking that shot, but he took it anyway, and he managed to make it in. And then after that, it seemed like he gained a little bit more confidence and drove to the basket a couple of times and finished at the rim. But overall... I'm not. I'm not giving camp. If, if I'm Thibs right now, and the regular season starts tomorrow, I'm not giving Cam no playing time. I, I'm. I'm saying Grimes is that guy that I'm gonna put. I'm, that I'm gonna put into that ten man rotation. Rose is getting playing time as well, and Cam is gonna be buried on the bench. So my thinking is okay. I understand Jalen's point. Cam Reddish probably needs a lot more reps. Yep. The get to I guess to get um familiar with the offense and actually producing the offense and 
you know, and know his rotations on defense and stuff like that. But my thing is, where is the time and the and the and where the Knicks are at the moment as a team? I don't think Thibs has a lot of time to be experimenting and be like, okay, Cam, I'm gonna put you in for ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Let me see how you do. I don't think Thibs has that kind of time. Yeah, I, I agree. Thibs, I, I think Thibs has to win games and he has to go with the guys that he believes is going to win the games. And I don't think Cam is that guy right now. And right now, the way I look at it, I'm like, if the Knicks can move him before the trade deadline, that's probably what's best because the way the, the way the team is structured at the moment, I can't see Cam getting any significant playing time that's going to get him more familiar with the offense and more familiar with the defense rotations to actually make an impact on the team. So that's where I am at the moment. Well said. I, I agree. And I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, we shouldn't have gave up that heavily protected Charlotte pick and Kevin Knox. I bumped that. Like, I'd rather have Cam Reddish experiment than those assets. I think Cam Reddish was worth it. I just don't think in the opportunities given to him, he's proven that he should be a rotational piece in, in on this team. I would, I would personally rather Fournier have those minutes because even though Fournier is going to be trash on defense, at least he's going to knock down threes with a high consistency rate and do a little bit of plate making uh, in a high post. I, I like Fournier. He's a plus in my eyes on offense. And I don't think it's moving the goalpost to say I prefer RJ Barrett barreling into the, to the paint than Cam Reddish. I, I want my number one option guy to be the one that's doing the primary driving on offense. That just made sense because then the defenders don't have to guard him looser and give him an opportunity to drill those J's that mid range and that three point shot, which he's been working on. I don't want Cam Reddish's primary goal to be driving from the three-point line into the paint. I want him to catch it in smooth in the rotation of the ball in, in the mid post and the elbow and then into the paint. He's been he's doing these line drives from the three-point line in. That to me, that's chaotic and out of the flow of the offense. It's not what I, I want to see from him. I'm okay with that from RJ. I'm okay with that from Fournier, even a little bit of Randall, but not your your 10th, 11th man in Cam Reddish. Nah, I want the I want the six eight guy with the seven foot wingspan to drive and and and, and get that skill going and shoot threes. That's all I want from Cam Reddish. I, I don't agree with that at all. I do agree that um his time is running out and it's looking really bleak for Cam Reddish right now. I'm I felt like he was going to get another shot. I thought today might have been one of the last few shots he has before Grimes comes, and he didn't really make that much of it until the end. But again, I feel like like the defense was bad from the defense was bad from the second unit in general. Like Mob Deep was really bad. And it was the defense was bad. And then I had to bring my old man IQ to the stand, man. I bring my old man IQ to the stand because a lot of the trash shots that I saw from Cam Reddish, I feel like was on IQ. 100%. The IQ that I saw last season towards the end, the second half of the season, I want to see carryover of that version of IQ where he was mixing in playmaking, um, causing switches to get certain guys on him so he can penetrate and dish, make like getting more of a balance between shooting and passes to his man Obi top. And that's the IQ I wanted to see um, these last couple of games and this game in particular, and I did not see it. And I feel like, he got that whole second unit off to a bad shooting flow straight up period and it was it wasn't until um isaiah we started playing through isaiah hartenstein in that uh fourth quarter 
or third to fourth quarter that we didn't that we start to actually get a flow. So it's like even IQ man, and that's my guy. That's the guy I wanted to start last season. And but but boy, man, that was just a crazy start for me. That was crazy. IQ, you gotta get it together, man. What was yeah, what was his stats today? I gotta pull these stats up. These are bad. I think it was four of eighteen from the field, if I remember correctly. Yo, I mean, we're having a fun conversation about Cam Reddish. I I think attacking Cam Reddish is low hanging fruit. I mean, it's like it's like obvious a guy's struggling. He, you know, he, he's in a situation where he's really having to prove his worth as an NBA player. But if he loses with the Knicks, it's it's going to be very difficult for him to stay in the lead, even though he has immense uh, attributes and talents and abilities and size. But IQ to me is a bigger issue. I think overall we agree. Yeah. We agree on the majority. And IQ, man, what happened to the facilitation? Yeah. What happened to looking out for Obi? Obi needs a guy to unlock him. And IQ is that guy. And instead, IQ want to jack up threes, sidestep threes. Right. Or, I mean, it's always at a foot away where he should be letting off for the floater. Say, why had to take 20-foot floaters, bro? Just get to the rim. Yeah. I, th- I think he was discouraged from getting to the rim because he got blocked a few times. And um, to be to your, our point, too, I felt like Cam got better shots in the second half because IQ freaking calmed down a little bit. You know, like... Cam shoots good from those corner threes, catch and shoot situation. He actually started to get those shots in the second half. I think a lot of, I feel like a lot of the offense had to do with just IQ messing up. And I'm sorry, Ryan, I feel like you wanted to say something, but I have to get a, get that off my chest. Yeah. Um, I'm about to say a harsh truth right now. And some Knicks fans might not want to hear what I'm going to say, but remember towards the end of the season when IQ and Obi were going off and, you know, we were saying like how, you know, Obi needs an extended, you know, he needs extended minutes. IQ needs extended minutes. They need a bigger role and blah, blah, blah. But if you're being, and if people are talking about, oh, let's trade Randall, let's trade Rose and let's just give these guys the reins and this and that. I'm sorry for what I've seen so far in the preseason. I haven't seen much for the Knicks to be like, you know what? Let's trade Randall. You know what? Let's trade Rose. Because so far, IQ hasn't had a great preseason. He's been okay. Obi had one great game. But besides that, Obi has been all right. None of them are actually like popping out to the point where it's like, yeah, we should trade Randall. Yeah, we should trade Rose and just give these guys the reins. If you want that to happen, they have to step. They have to step the hell up. I'm sorry. At this moment, do we need Randall? Yes. At this moment, do we need Rose? Yes. Because those guys, they still got some growing to do. They're not there yet fully. They, they, they still need to grow. On fire, Ryan. I'm, I'm backing you up, Ryan, on that. Hundred percent. And, and listen, I'm not saying that IQ and Obi are going to be bad the whole season. I'm saying preseason, we all in general make huge grandos assumptions about a player from game to game. And in general, you have to look at a bunch of games to make a definitive decision on what this team can do, what this player can do, right? Like, as you saw today, like, IQ had a bad game, but but 
if your point guard is having a bad point guard day game, right? Not a bad shooting game, but a bad point guard game that can affect everybody else on the floor. I know. And the reason why I was sticking up for IQ last season, because he was shooting, he wasn't shooting well, but towards the end of the last season, he was having good point guard games, even though he wasn't shooting well. And I felt people weren't seeing it. So I was defending him last season. Today, he had a boy bad shooting game and a bad point guard game. You can't have both. If you're gonna have a bad shooting game, you still have to set the table for other people. You know what I mean? So in general, I wanna see what happens if I like it makes me wanna see OB more with a better with somebody I wanna I wanna see these other guys in the second unit and another light with better point guard play, is what I'm saying. I gotta give Dib some props. I think since he's been with the Knicks, he's really utilized two guard lineups. Where he's he's had two guys that can go off ball and on ball, depending on the, what the defense has given him. Right, and he seems to he, he paired quickly with Derrick Rose a lot uh, last year and the year before. Now he's starting to have a little more faith in quickly, and he's starting to pair quickly with McBride. Shit ain't working. Like, Emmanuel quickly is not a facilitator. Uh, he's more of a storing undersized two guard. He needs Derrick Rose or Jalen Brunson to run the point and allow him to do a little bit of secondary facilitation and on-ball scoring uh, in his sweet spots. But he cannot run the offense as a primary ball handler with that second unit. It's just not working. He, he doesn't have the mindset, and when his shot's off, everything collapses around him because he keeps wanting to shoot himself out of his, his brick-laying mode, and it, everyone turns cold. No one knows had a real opportunity. Hartenstein was doing better playmaking and better facilitation than quickly was with that second unit. My boy was in his body debot bag. I, I was mad at <laughs> Hardenstein's ability to find cutters from that high post uh, area. He was doing a really good job. I've, and I'm going to stay in my quickly hive still. I'm not abandoned quickly. I still want him to get it together and, and build off the momentum he had as a playmaker last season. And I'm going to wait and see if he still does that. But right now, it hasn't been a good start in my eyes. All right. Um, salute to you guys in the chat. Spirit debate. Um, yeah, it, it, it got real, it got a little bit real today. But salute to you guys in the chat. Shout out to picks with Timmy, Joe Long, T. Williams, Bob Baracus, B. Willis, my guy. Picks for Timmy. Everybody else is rock with the KOT show. You already know what it is when the call. You want to talk to us? Dial three one nine five two seven. Six two four one. You already see the number kind of flashes at the bottom in that rotating graphic. Graphic. So call us if you want to talk Knicks. Next caller up is my guy Civil Analytics, aka Big Reaper. What's going on, man? I know we had you on the phone for dumb long. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's all right, guys. I'm you know just happy to be on. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you know I was actually eager to jump on this. Uh, you know. You know, protect quickly, quickly a little bit. You know, obviously he did have a bad game, especially a bad point guard game. I agree with that. I did miss a lot of his game though, but um, I'm, I am surprised by the uh, the bad game he had. But honestly, I still got to go back to like the last. It really started the last forty games last year, but the last thirty games was really impressive by quickly. And so I don't know. I think you know. I don't know. I just don't see him then going back to being like, a, you know, like 
you know, uh, being a like a bad point guard regularly, I do think he's uh, he's going to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I've always said, uh, one of the issues with quickly, one thing I've always said is like, you know, he controls like he basically handles the ball a lot, right? Yeah. It's like basically the offense is running through quickly, quickly's on the floor, and you know sometimes I feel like he beats the hell out of the ball. But honestly, the last 30 games last year, it was effective. You know, either he was able to, you know, make a play for himself or for his teammate or maybe even get the hockey assist. But he was basically closely tied to, like, you know, a lot of the scoring plays, like, the last 30 games when he was on the floor. And so, you know, just um, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, that's just his play style, I think. And I, you know, funny enough, a few like a couple, like a week ago, I think I realized. I think that's the reason why they don't want him as a starting guard, uh, guard, uh, point guard, because I think they just want someone like more like a Jalen Brunson, who's who doesn't feel like he has to have the ball, like let's say, uh, ten to fifteen seconds of the shot clock. You know, they want right. someone who's just gonna, you know, move the ball, get everyone in the right spots. And I think that's the only thing that's probably holding them back from being a starter, but. Uh, I think, you know, he's going to pick it back up because what I saw the last 30 games, um, you know, and it's just when you look at it statistically, it was just kind of a little crazy. Um, but, you know, it's just I think that's just the kind of player he is, you know. Uh, so basically, for better or worse, if he plays well, uh, then the second unit is going to play well. If he doesn't, you know, play well as a point guard, it's like, you know, uh, they, they won't play well. And so, and so that's just kind of what I see with that. Uh, but more positively, I think, you know, I was kind of, I'm actually happy with OB and, uh, not, I'm sorry, with RJ and Randall. Yeah. Uh, two out of three games, I think they shot pretty efficiently. Two yeah. out of three games. And so that's, you know, it's kind of good to see that. Um, and OB, I don't think OB had a bad game. It's just OB, like, the thing with him is, like, um, he likes to play in the flow of the offense. And, you know, you got to get him the ball, you know, where he's going to be able to, like, you know, make a decision. Because what he's going to do, he's either going to make, you know, he makes very quick decisions, he gets the ball, either he's going to shoot, drive, or pass it. Right. He's not going to He's not going to be like Randall and, like, you know, stall the offense and start dribbling between the legs to back his hand down. Unless he, unless he feels like, you know, once he's isolated in the lane, then he feels he can back you down and get him, you know, uh, get something off the backboard but you know uh most of the time he doesn't really do that very often so i just you know i don't think he really uh had a bad game like you know yeah i agree with you i don't think he had a bad game really like yeah but yeah i mean it's uh so i just think it's going to be you know it's uh brunson i am concerned with brunson's inefficiency the last couple of games Um, i'm actually surprised by it but like you guys said these are very long guards that indiana has um and so and I think, you know, I, I think he's going to come out of it. I'm hoping he comes out of it, but I think he will because it's just, that's just who he is. He's always been a very efficient player. So, yeah. um, I just don't see it being an issue. And the other, the last person I kind of wanted to touch on was Cam Reddish. Uh, last time I called, I was actually, you know, I talked about how I, the thing with him, I was disappointed because it looks like he's not intentionally working on, um, certain moves for his offense on the offensive event. Uh, it feels like it's good to be able to freestyle it on offense, but it just it maybe Lee's right. I think Lee probably describes it a little better. I don't agree with the fact where he said he he doesn't want him driving to the basket. I prefer I do like him driving to the hole, but sometimes I just wonder like 
what is he working on? Like, is he intentionally working on, like, you know, on certain moves? Like, you know, how, like, because how you basically, how you play in a game should be like, you know, how you practice. You should be basically, whatever you're practicing, mm-hmm. like the moves you're practicing, that's what you should be trying in the games. And I'm, I'm I don't know if, if some of the stuff he's, he's doing, is he really practicing that? Like the, you know, up and under is like, are you telling me, you know, so, uh, however, that said, I don't know if the Knicks have a lot of options because if you think about it, well, like I said, it's, it's RJ, right? And then if you need a backup small forward, where are you going to go? I know everybody loves Grimes, but Grimes is not, it's not that, I mean, like there's a lot of really long small forwards in this league. Yeah. And you can't tell me like they're going to get or bench, uh, reddish. They're not going to bench reddish and be like, and put like Grimes on like Middleton. I don't care how good of a game he had against Middleton last year. That's just not. If you have Reddish on the bench, I don't think they're going to really do that. I'm go, I, I think, think they're, they're going to go Grimes, man. Grimes I'm telling you, like, in in Grimes' short time with the Knicks and in the NBA in general, his he just has more of a defensive uh, pedigree right now. Like he, I, I know, like Reddish has the length, but Grimes has. I don't know. I feel like Grimes thinks the game a little bit without the length, you know what I mean? Like compare his defensive stats, his defensive performance to when he guarded Middleton the first game versus Middleton the second game. Um, you can yeah. see like what he did and how much he learned off of one game. So I don't like I know Cam Reddish has the most potential on the defensive end, but potential mm-hmm. versus what you've seen, I mean Grimes has done it more steadily. And yeah, Cam has more flash. Like I said, you you can talk to Atlanta fans. Atlanta fans will tell you the same thing. Yeah. No, I definitely you know I definitely understand that. I mean, like he, I don't know. He, it's I think sometimes like the way he looks, the lack of effort. Sometimes it seems like he's not making a good enough effort. But I don't know. It's like it's when they, when you kind of look at the stats holistically from last year, uh, I just I don't know. Like I, I understand they isolate basically. Uh, basically isolation defense versus like team pick and roll defense and all that stuff. Right. When you kind of look at them, that's what they're showing. It's just like, it just shows that, you know, like um, Cam was just more effective on the defensive end. And sometimes it's like, I know sometimes he doesn't have the effort, but sometimes you have to ask yourself and it's frustrating and I don't like it either, but sometimes you have to ask yourself, yeah, he may not be, you know, like he definitely doesn't work hard and he's not doing what he's supposed to do, but, but then, if he he's effective, it kind of, you kind of look at the stats and you know at like either uh, at the end of the year or even like throughout the course of a game, like you know, or actually at the end of a game. Sometimes you kind of see like, wow, he actually held his man to thirty-seven percent shooting. But you're watching the game, he's like, oh well, he actually missed this assignment and he blew that. Right. But then you kind of look at the stat at the end of the game and he held him to thirty-seven percent shooting, gotcha. while Grimes is holding his man to like forty-four. So it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a, it's a very hard one. And I just think it's going to be, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I just don't know if they're going to, you know. It's, it's going to so, be rough for them, man. I think they're great grounds. Don't get me wrong. I think grounds is going to get play, but I just don't know. I think they're also going to play Cam at the small court a lot of games. That's just what I think. Well, well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Salute to you. Salute to you, Reaper. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I said it from the jump. I said it from the jump. Evan Fournier shoots better than Cam. 
Grimes has a better defensive reputation right. than Cam. So it's going to be harder for him to overcome both of those guys. He's really going to have to dig in. This is a contract here for Cam. He has to really play hard and dig in. But he can if he wants to, but that's going to be up to him. At least on the defensive end, he always he's always going to have the advantage over Fournier on the defensive end because of the tools he was born with. He just has to think that side of the game and put it all together. Yeah. But, you know, Fibs as a coach is only going to play a nine-man rotation. Ten, you know, if, if he's feeling really nice. So I think when you think about like, oh, we have to have Cam Reddish as a third man or second man at the small forward position, really he's just going to move RJ down to the three when he's when he's playing a two guard backup, uh, a two guard backcourt. It's not like he has to play Cam Reddish. I mean, RJ's going to play at least thirty five minutes a game, and a lot of those minutes going to be split between the two and the three. So if he has IQ and Brunson out there, he's just going to rotate RJ to the three, opposed to giving Reddish those minutes. Yeah, but you still got Grimes. You still got D Rose. You still like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's not a place in a rotation for. for okay, Reddish. I see. I see. I see. He doesn't have to play just because his natural position is a small forward. He's just going to move RJ to that slot if he has to, and just play Rose in the backcourt with Brunson. Well, you already heard Ian Begley say it. If the Knicks are losing and Cam Reddish isn't getting playing time as the Knicks are losing, um, that might be Tom's ass. Like that. He, he didn't say those words exactly, but he kind of said that. He was just like, eh, it's not looking good for Tom. If the Knicks are losing and Cam Reddish isn't getting playing time. So right. I, I definitely keep an eye on that. All right. Salute to the chat, man. Shout out to you guys who rock with the KOT show. Thank you. Somebody subscribe during one of these. One of our uh somebody subscribe when we was talking. Shout out to you, whoever subscribed. I saw a little alert that came up. But salute to the show. Thank you, T. Williams, man, child, Joel Long, uh, and everybody else is rocking the KOT show. You already know if you want to talk next, call 319-527-6241. Or we could just wrap it up right now because we talked about everything. We talked about Julius Randle. We talked about R.J. Barrett taking the next step. We talked about quickly not playing well. We talked about Cam Reddit struggles. And we talked about Brunson's struggles so far. But also playing well despite his struggles, kind of. And, oh, we got Edson. We got Edson. Okay. And I still want to talk about Hartenstein a little bit. But before we do that, let's get to my guy, Edson from, from LI. Edson. Mm-hmm. What's, up? What's up, guys? What's going on? Nothing much right there. This is a tough loss. But, hey, it happens. And, you know, I know some of the fan base want to treat it as, like, you know, hey, we're going to uh, jump the gun and make some hasty conclusions. But they're... With the Cam Reddish situation, I can understand why that people will feel that way. So, I agree with what Ryan was, was talking about when it comes to Reddish right there. That this is a, the preseason, that's all the rope he's going to be given to, to to be burned. Because coming to the regular season, I was kind of thinking that what he needs is like you know to be spread out for 15 minutes. But I, but I would not be surprised that that he's been getting the OB treatment with like under 10 minutes. If that, <laughs> yeah. If that, like, as that might be rough. Yeah, that is definitely rough right there as well. And if we're going to just go by this game alone, and Tip is going to be like nine man rotation, that is a that is an issue with me because that just signals off to say we might repeat as last year, and that's going to look really bad since we went went out of our way to you know revamp and. Keep tips from doing nine man rotations with Jalen when we got out Jalen Brunson. 
Now, I'm still hoping it's still preseason. We're going to see more of this, right? We're going to see more games to for him to open up to that, to have a 10-man rotation right there. If that happens, there's going to be good significant changes for upside to be optimistic about. Yeah, the, the, um, the thing is, aside though, that, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just saying the good thing. The thing is, even with a 10-man rotation, Reddish can still not play because we still have Evan Fournier and Grimes and Obi and Droz and quickly like even with a ten, even with a ten man rotation is looking very bleak for Cam Reddish. It's yeah. really mm-hmm. injury where you can say, "All right, you might get some opportunity to play." Like last season when Grimes got injured. Like that's really what it is. That's what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. So I, so I figured that you know right now the preseason is just play him. You know you're not going to have huge you know consequences. It's not going to affect the regular season whatsoever. Just Play him yeah. so that actually Tibbs knows that even if it's at eight or ten minutes right there, that's a really hard start right there. Okay, it's to build up from there. So we've seen one of those flashes of of Reddish is doing offenses right there. That is fine with me as far as the impact in the greater scheme of, of teams that you're not being that detrimental. But that's what it's going to look right there. I kind I wanted to him to succeed in preseason that. He can start with 15 minutes and climb up right there because 20 minutes right here and just 10 points. It's like, bro, you just went, you just showed up to the test and just passed the test. You have multiple choice. It was easy <laughs> for you. You got stumped up with a couple of questions <sighs> and you, you know you're not supposed to throw out, so leave it blank right there. Uh, and yeah, just, I get, I guess he passed the test. What was your, what was your question? I know I get to the other callers. I just okay. want to get your question. So, all right. So, but considering what, what happened today with Grimes not available, and I was at, at a different uh, channel that really put, put the question I put the question in my head, so I would just like want to ask, uh, ask you guys. So, if Grimes is not available, and Fournier, not due to about injury, it's just that maybe today's not a good day because he's been streaky, who do you else you fill in for the fourth quarter right there? If Grimes is not available and... and um... And Fournier is, is shaky. And, Fournier, and we can't just risk Fournier. As much as that we that the offense like try to shoot your way out, it may the situation may not look like that. Looking more like you need a defensive oh, stop. Most likely Tibbs is gonna be Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. For sure. It'll be Derrick Rose. It'll be Derrick it'll be combination Derek of Derrick Rose and How long that will last? <laughs> it'll be it'll be a combination of Derrick oh, Rose and IQ. Based based off of what Tibbs has been doing. It'll be some combination of mm-hmm. Derrick Rose and IQ, and it'll probably depend on the flow of the game that game. So yeah, I would say Derrick Rose IQ. Uh huh. Yeah. How about how about the other guys? You know, Lee and Ryan. What, what would you say if Grimes and Fournier are out of the equation late quarter? What do you guys think? I think Rose. Oh. Yeah, I would say Rose. I think the Brunson Rose combination with RJ to three. It's probably the most likely. Yeah, probably. If, yeah. If, if they're okay. just trying to win the game, and it's close. He's going to depend on Rose. Yeah, I, I'd say so too. All right, yo, yeah. yo, shout out to Edson, man. Thanks Thank for you. calling in. I'm gonna get to these other callers. All right, salute to you, bro. Have a good night, guys. Thank you so much. You too. All right, good night. All right, shout out to my guy Edson. I'm the regular right now. He's calling and calling in all the time. Shout out to you. All right. Hold on, hold on. Salute to my guy in the in the queue. I see you, man. I see you, man. 
Lawrence. But first of all, salute to Delano Jr. Always, he's always a. Uh, always 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 bigging up nick's content creators he's, he's everywhere shout out to you but also salute to my guy picks for timmy holds us down picks i know you next let us know what you want to talk about sir it must be important because you don't be no, that good, much. what's going on what's going on picks <laughs> what's good man jay ellis was good man ryan g in the building man let's go lee escobar Davis, the second. Let's go, bro. We outside. Oh, hold on. I'm I'm still playing with with Lee nicknames in my head, so I'm gonna have have to concentrate on the Esco bar. Let's go. I'm I'm gonna find one for you, Lee. I had had to get at him, man. Uh, My my boy, um, Lee is is going hard on um on on my guy, um, Cam Reddish. It's kind of sad, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's cool. Like, I think everybody was like, everybody's like, yeah, Cam's going to come through this year. He's going to get it. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I can't even protect him right now. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't even stand up for my guy. Like, I feel you. Yeah. we had a bad game. And it's it's cool. You know what I'm saying? We'll see what happens. I honestly think, you know, the next will probably still play him. To be perfectly honest with you, I think if um, we're equating Tibbs into it, like, I know that he pushed to bring Grimes in. Um, I don't really think he cares that much about Evan Fournier that much, but he's a vet, and we know how Tiz feels about vets. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. But, bro, I just want to stay off of Cam Reddish Island for a second. Let's push that to the side. <laughs> Let's do that in preseason, bro. I'm good, man. You're off the island, damn. You see? You on the boat? I don't even want to deal with it. Bro, I mean, I'm still, bro, I'm still Cam High. But okay, I, okay, I'm okay. Still, my guy, but um, you know, look, like I mean, he got to get out there. He's he's gonna have to prove it. Let's see what kind of time he gets. Um, right now it's looking like it's gonna be kind of tough, man. We'll see what happens. But I, I will say, as far as hope is concerned, I still remember the Golden State game and the Clippers game, and I feel like once he gets into a game flow, you're gonna see a better Cam. I feel like we already actually have seen a better Cam. Yeah, to be honest, he bro. played better last season. That but, seventeen um, game, the seventeen yeah, point game absolutely. before he got hurt. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, but man, I I feel I feel kind of crazy, bro. Like this is the second time I'm calling, and I feel like I actually got to salute Tibbs, bro. He actually stopped playing R.J. Barrett at 27 minutes exactly. <laughs> oh, bro, we outside, we outside, outside. Now, if he, man, if, if he would have just went ahead and got one of those kid backpacks for IQ. So he could just pull into the side when he shot his 18th shot. Yeah, like we'd have been good, bro. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't be out there without a uh, without a, a guardian. Like he, he has to have a parent <laughs> guardian. Yeah, somebody got to sign off on his, his certificate before uh. he could be out on the floor. We can't have him out there, man. Damn. And um, check me out, Jay Lewis. Did you? I, it was it was literally like one, maybe like two or three minutes that we got a chance to see it, but. I think it was either in late first quarter or second quarter. Brunson, RJ, OV, IQ, and Mitch. As soon as they all got in the game, OV got a dunk immediately. And it's just kind of like we talked about the impact of like what a guard does mm-hmm. or what a point guard does. I think y'all were mentioning it earlier. And how you want to see OV with a real point guard. Like Brunson wasn't even in the game like two seconds, bro, and Obi got a dunk like first yeah. second. 
I mean, part of that was him hustling, but the the pace and the flow is just nice with that that squad on the field. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was like the, I think it was the second quarter or the end of the first, beginning of the second quarter when it was kind of mm-hmm. doing the transition. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I know. And, and you know what, too? Brunson and Obi been playing a lot in the summer, so I kind of feel like they probably have a lot of chemistry already brewed up. So I, I, mm-hmm. I expect if Brunson ever played with more with Obi, Obi will be getting a lot of lobs because he Man. likes to move off ball and Brunson will probably find him. I want to see that. Yeah, Obi needs to teach uh, Mitch how to figure out how to find the correct angle to get to the hoop, bro. Because I feel like it is like totally too complicated right now. The relationship between Brunson and Mitch, like those two, should be like a part of the same body right now, bro. Like these two are Megazords, bro. I, I put those <laughs> corner. But like for real, bro. Like like if. If Brunson got to sit on top of Mitch's shoulders and they just got to play ball like that for a second, bro, <laughs> I'm cool with it, man. Because they, they don't understand, like, their games really complement each other, like, perfectly. That room that Brunson is looking for, if the first pick is rejected, you know, he sets the first pick off that double high pick and roll set. Mm-hmm. If it's rejected, fine. Bring it back. Call it back again. Do it again. Do it a third time. If you watch um, Trey Young, he does not care if he has to set that pick 50 times. He That's will true. run that all the way to the basket. <laughs> That's true. And Brunson, like, he could do the same thing. But, um, That's bro, true. Um, a good point. Last thing I'm going to point out, yo, shout out to Raw Hebrew, man. He called it during the draft. Uh, and I don't know if I really want to solidify it, but yeah. Matherin is a dog. Yeah, Matherin killed he us. He is a dog. Killed us. <laughs> took, took IQ's cookies. Took RJ, he, he could, anybody cookie. He took everybody's cookies. He was a bully. He was a bully. I see was like, yo, yo, I can't. He, he can't be out here like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show him what's good. I'm gonna shoot 18 shots. Let's go. Yeah, Calm down, bro. All right. Man. Yeah, yo, what's up, man? I appreciate it, bro. All right, appreciate you, Timmy. Yo, my man said IQ can't go up by himself. He needs a he. Like he needed a, uh, a driver's permit, not a license, because he needed supervision to drive. Like he was going in. Facts, but I'll say this though, because you know he did bring up a good point about Dibs' minute distribu- distribution tonight with RJ. You know, capped him out of twenty-seven minutes. Nobody played thirty-plus minutes, which is really good. But I'll say this though: we always complain about Dibs be thibbing, and he didn't thib tonight. But if tonight was a regular season game, this is the one game where I would 42. be like thib. Go ahead and thib. <laughs> Put the back in. He's like, <laughs> thib away. The bench ain't doing it. The bench ain't doing it, man. Thib away. <laughs> Brunson, you playing 47 minutes. Right. <laughs> Randall, 46. Tip away today, Tib. Tip away today. Oh, man. Salute to the chat. Good show, guy. Good show. Let me get to the super chat. I know my man Echelon was here earlier. gave us a super chat. Echelon gives us a two dollar super chat. Shout out to Echelon. Says as of now, Cam makes mid level contract shaky. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. I, I probably agree with you. Probably agree with you. Yeah. And the only other thing I gotta say is Isaiah Hartenstein turned on towards the end. That man is not starting over Mitch. I'm sorry. 
He's not starting over Mitch. I know people were talking about, oh, he's going to shut the floor. He's going to push Mitch to be the back burner. And Mitch is going to come off the bench. Isaiah Hartenstein's defense is not in the stratosphere of Mitch's right now. Like, this, this instance in the game where I'm like, man, putting Sims on the defensive end because Isaiah is kind of struggling right now. And maybe that's just him being with the new team and getting a feel of the team defense. But I can't see Isaiah Hartenstein starting over Mitch. I can see him shooting well and then going, oh, maybe let's go with this lineup because he's hot and he's spreading the floor. But I can't see Tibbs going, I'm going to set the tone with Hartenstein, especially the way Mitch was kind of taking Miles Turner's cookies today on the offensive glass. He's making Miles look small. <laughs> I need to put some respect to my man Mitch's name. Go ahead, Lee. Lee I want to say something. Uh, I know I did some heat for being hard on Mitch, but I think, yeah, Mitch definitely outplayed Hartenstein on a defensive end. I do think – I agree with you. It has something to do with him playing a new system with new teammates. But I also think it has to do with him playing at really long stretches in that second half without a break. Mm. I think he got a little worn out um, guard, guarding a, a lot of the perimeter guys that would cut into the teeth of defense. And he, he had trouble keeping up a lot on, on those roles, but he gave me 10 rebounds and five assists. Like he's able to fill up the stat sheet in ways that no big has been able to do for us in a really long time. I'm not even talking about the three point shooting, right? But the eyes that he has playing on the elbow, finding cutters, man, he has some really beautiful bounce passes for some easy layups. I, I like, he's really fun to watch and I love a different dynamic he brings when Mitch sits and he comes in. I'm okay with him never starting, but I do love the complimentary style that he has compared to what Mitchell Robinson brings. They're both like equally awesome in, in their, their opposing skill set. Now, now I agree. I agree. I've been waiting for the Arzea Hartenstein pass to OB cutting for like three preseason games, preseason games. And I got it today. So I was happy to see that even though OB, I think who, who did he pass it to in the corner? Did he pass it to Cam? He yeah. might have passed it to Cam after he got it, but I was waiting yeah. for that the whole three pre- preseason game because I feel like those two in general could have a field day playing off of each other. But um, overall, solid offensive game. He'll be good in some instances, but I, I don't see him starting. Yeah, me neither. That's that's Mitch's position to lose. Absolutely. All right. Yo, salute to the chat. Somebody else just subscribed. I couldn't see who did it. But salute to you. Thank you for subscribing. If you like the show so far, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, it goes all. It goes a long way. Helps us algorithm and push up to the top. Because, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on KOT. I'm not going to hold you. A lot of people be sleeping. But don't be one of those people and stay woke. And if you're already woke, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. And join us after the next game, which should be Friday. And I don't know. Will we see Grimes? Will we see Grimes on Friday? I kind of feel like they almost held Grimes out just just so they can get another look at Cam. Because Grimes is playing. Um, yeah. He was playing at the practice the other day. Unless, yeah. you know, they're doing that thing where it's like, okay, you play practice, but we want to see how your body reacts at the practice. You know what I mean? But I don't know. We'll see. We will see. All right. That is our show. Thank you guys for watching. 
my guy, Ryan G in the building. Let him know where he can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L N I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. Content's coming soon. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right. My man Lee. Nasty Nasty Lee. Nasty. Where can we find you, Lee? <laughs> As you know, I'm finding on Twitter. Thanks to Ryan and JL. It's to Vincent me to hop on. Oh, yeah. At underscore Lee Estrebido, L E E E S C O B E D O. You can find all my hot takes, and I'm going to try to get up in uh, JLS's bat a little bit. Do a little <laughs> it was fun. Even though I think we both end up agreeing that Cam Reddish is better suited on the bench and not eating up anyone's minutes. Yeah, so we do. At the end of the day, we agree more than we disagree. Yeah, like once we got in front of each other, we was like, we saying a lot of the same stuff. It wasn't as spicy <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was like, get into it. Like, Argh. I think the only thing we disagree with is um, you're kind of done. And I'm just like, no, we'll see. Like, yeah, uh, I think agreed. that's where we disagree. But everything else we kind of agree with, just about. I don't think – I'm not in the camp that he shouldn't be driving to the basket. It's where he's picking up his dribble at. I want him to do more inside of a three-point line and not start at the three-point line. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. All right, cool. Hold on. Shout out to my guy, Silver Analytics, said do not leave <laughs> yet. I got $10 for your head. Shout out to Hartenstein and Mitch are not equally awesome. Mitch is more <laughs> awesome. He spent $10 to give it to Lee Escobar. Nasty. Shout out to People be sleeping on my guy, Mitch, and it pisses me off. Facts. All right. Me and Lee can fight over that. Yeah. Yeah. So wake up. Lee's not woke on Mitch. Lee's definitely not woke on Mitch. <laughs> Lee's definitely sleeping on bitch. That's fine. That's fine. Get your posturepedic ass off of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is our show, guys. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll definitely be back on Friday. And yeah, you already know what it is, as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is our show. We are out of here. Peace.